Hello, everyone. I'm Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Jack Wolfson on the show, and he's going to be talking about the number one killer in America and how toxins play a role. And uh, Dr. Jack Wolfson talks about so many things today. He talks about the number one killer of women. He talks about how you need to kind of uh, think about the terrain theory of disease where you are improving the health of your body as opposed to worrying about the germ theory where you're, you get an infection or a virus or a pathogen and you worry about you know focusing in on killing that thing. Because if your terrain is healthy, you are more resilient to disease. You're very less likely to get a disease or die from a disease if your terrain and your body is healthy. And he talks about all the things you need to do to create a healthy terrain. We talk about pharmaceuticals, the pharmaceutical industry and how they are pushing medications on people unnecessarily. I talk about my own experience with my father, how I feel like my father died from taking statin cholesterol lowering medications. And then that led to diabetes which it's shown that statins lead to diabetes in the research, even 50% of people that are taking statins can then go on later to develop diabetes and then they get on diabetes medications and they gain more and more and more weight taking insulin because insulin is the hormone that tells your body to store fat. And then that can lead to cancer. And so that was the path my father went on. And I, I fear that's the same fate for millions of Americans going on the traditional cardiovascular treatment protocols that are offered. And so our guest today is Dr. Jack Wolfson, and he's a board certified cardiologist and number one best-selling author on Amazon. And he's also a husband and father and the nation's number one natural heart doctor. And for more than two decades, more than 1 million people have enjoyed his warmth, compassion, and transformational power of his natural heart health courses and events. Dr. Wolfson is the founder of Wolfson Integrative Cardiology and his heart health practice in Arizona. And he's also the founder of naturalheartdoctor.com, which is an online resource center with natural heart information. And he's also been named one of America's top functional medical doctors and is a five-time winner of the Natural Choice Awards as a holistic MD. Dr. Wilson's work has been covered by more than 100 media outlets, including NBC, CNN, and the Washington Post. And he's a natural cardiologist called upon by doctors and people from across the globe for his natural heart health treatment and advice. And he's also the best-selling author of The Paleo Cardiologist, The Natural Way to Heart Health, which we'll talk about on the show. And Dr. Wilson and his wife, Heather, have four children and are committed to making the world a better place to live. Through their philanthropic efforts, uh, they provide for those in need, including animal rights and causes supporting natural health. You can learn more about Dr. Jack Wolfson and his work at naturalheartdoctor.com. Dr. Wolfson, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on, Wendy, and uh, you know, love getting the message of uh, health and wellness out there, and I certainly appreciate everything that you do. And uh, again, yeah, great to connect. Yeah. So why don't you tell us your story? So what led you down the path of becoming a cardiologist? And then what led you down the path of really going more into alternative health? Yeah, my father was a cardiologist. In fact, he was uh, he was a DO 
And he was the first DO at the Cleveland Clinic in 1970. So I was born in Cleveland when he was there. And then he became the first DO at the University of Iowa. And then he became the head of cardiology in Chicago at Midwestern University. And again, I would follow directly in his footsteps. He actually became a DO because his cousin was, was again, a DO. And then he followed his footsteps. I followed in my dad's footsteps and all of his friends. And that's what I knew. And again, you know, I would go through four years of osteopathic medical school, three years of internal medicine, three years of cardiology. So I finish up my medical training. I'm 31 years old. I go out to Arizona, join this big cardiology practice and super busy in the hospitals angiograms, pacemakers, all the high-tech cardiology stuff, seeing the sickest of the sick. And I see death and destruction all around me. My father, unfortunately, was becoming sick at that time with a Parkinson's-like illness. We take him to the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic doesn't know what's the matter with him. They don't have any reason why he's sick, no treatment. And at that time, I meet this 29-year-old chiropractor and She's like, I'll tell you why your dad's sick. Your dad's sick because he eats like, you know, uh, he eats lousy. He, uh, it's an unhealthy lifestyle, uh, some other things. And she's like, if you, you want to avoid becoming like, like your father, you better change. So I listened to what she had to say because I saw the sickness in my father, saw the sickness all around me. And I started to become uh, much more natural and uh, eventually a holistic and integrative cardiologist. I would leave the big cardiology group and start my own practice. And uh, I guess the rest is uh, history. That's the that's the really condensed quick version there, Wendy. Yeah, I love that, that you are committed. We need more cardiologists, like holistic, integrative cardiologists. We need more people addressing the, the body, the body as a whole, you know, and it's, this is very, for me, I'm very passionate about this because my own father took, you know, statins for 10 years and he had a stent put in and he really struggled with traditional allopathic medicine and all the treatments. And then, you know, the statins led to diabetes and the diabetes led to cancer and just, uh, he had a whole, he was, the statins made him to where his muscle, he had muscle atrophy. He had to go into a nursing home, uh, because he couldn't even walk to the bathroom. And, uh, so it's just, you know, it's really devastating. The, a lot of treatments people are getting, and there's, there's so many better ways. And so, uh, so that leads me to the first question I have for you. Like, what is the number one killer of women today? Well, the number one killer of women is heart disease, you know, most certainly. And, you know, to your point of where are all the other holistic cardiologists, there's not many of us because, again, it's just, uh, you know, the financial incentives to stay inside of the current medical model are just absolutely tremendous. And then, of course, the medical doctors, they don't want to entertain any outside ideas because that kind of breaks their confidence as far as how 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 they practice and 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 doctors of course everybody wants to be around a, a, a confident doctor who's confident in their diagnoses but again if we allow these outside thoughts to come in uh it it really wrinkles uh and damages you know that system but you know you know i mean you know women unfortunately they're dying of cardiovascular disease number one killer heart attack stroke lots of atrial fibrillation women with palpitations flip-flops skip beats cardiomyopathy, um, look at uh, even like stress-induced cardiomyopathy, young women, Takasubo cardiomyopathy is, is kind of what's called the stress-induced or broken heart syndrome, typically seen in women that are, you know, between, uh, you know, 40 and 60, they get that diagnosis. Another thing that's common in women 
uh, and becoming more common is SCAD, is spontaneous coronary artery dissection. Again, that's usually in a stressful situation under extreme stress. Could also be pregnancy, you know, induced uh, oftentimes from women also that take, uh, you know, sometimes hormonal therapies can also, you know, play a role there. So kind of cancer and breast cancer, for example, gets a lot of attention. But of course, you know, when you talk about, you know, women, it's cardiovascular disease, number one killer. Yeah, my both my grandmothers died of different forms of, of heart disease. And so it's, uh, so what role do you think toxins are playing in all this heart disease? Yeah, well, I know obviously your expertise, you know, is, is, you know, I had you on my show and we talked a lot about toxins and, you know, listen, fundamentally, you know, you're talking about, you know, relatives and, and all the millions of people around the world that are taking aspirin and statin drugs and blood pressure drugs, you know, quite simply, people are not deficient in pharmaceuticals, but they are deficient in the right food. They are deficient in the healthy lifestyle, you know, sleep and sunshine and stuff like that. And they have an excess of these environmental toxins and the metals and the molds and the plastics and phthalates and parabens and pesticides and, and VOCs. We are, we are just getting absolutely destroyed by these environmental contaminants. And uh, yeah, it winds up in, in cardiovascular disease for sure. And, you know, unfortunately, Wendy, is that it's all in the medical literature. It's all there, right? I mean, it's all there. And the medical doctors just don't read that stuff. They, they don't, again, you know, much of medical education really comes from pharmaceutical companies. So pharmaceutical companies aren't interested in talking about air pollution and heart disease or, or toxic metals or mold mycotoxins or environmental toxins. They're not interested in, in that because obviously yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sell their products. So that's why I appreciate the opportunity to talk with, you know, with you and your tribe about the truth about how we can really make a difference. Yeah. And so what are the like preventive measures that people can take against toxins to, to aid in preventing cardiovascular disease? Well, I think, you know, really, um, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of the stuff, obviously, you know, you share with your, your tribe as well. And, and, uh, you know, for one thing, I tell people that no matter what diet you're on, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, Mediterranean, paleo, keto, carnivore, just make your diet clean, just get the poison out of your food. So what does that mean? It means eating organic food, uh, really make a big uh, effort into doing that. And yeah, you know, you've heard people over the years, I'm sure many, many, many times, oh, I can't afford to eat that way. Well, A, you can't afford to eat, you can't afford not to eat that way. And B, maybe there's some other areas of your life where you could save money, like stop going to Starbucks and getting a crap of Frappuccino or uh, stop getting your hair done, stop getting your nails done, stop getting new clothes, new cars, uh, uh, houses. Again, like take care of yourself first feed yourself first, get the chemicals out of your food. That's a, that's a huge, huge place to start regarding, uh, you know, detoxification. And then of course you start looking at it quite simply. I tell my patients, everything you bring into your house, is it toxic or not? And if it's toxic, don't bring it in. If you're not sure, don't bring it in. But every purchase that you make and everything that walks in through your front door, again, is it toxic or not? And if it's toxic, don't bring it in. 
Yeah. And, and do you believe that detoxing can reverse the damage already done? If you like have heart disease or you're suffering, uh, you're taking you have high cholesterol. Do you think detoxing can reverse some of that damage? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I can. I've seen it obviously in my patients, you know, over the years, I think, you know, symptoms wise, a lot of people that are struggling with, uh, with fatigue or weight gain or anxiety, uh, you know, insomnia, hormonal issues, and then obviously cardiovascular issues, diabetes issues, brain issues. I think, you know, you and I both can, you know, can sit here and go back and forth with stories of patients and clients who we put them on a detoxification program and they improve uh, uh, tremendously, tremendously. Uh, again, we're seeing people get off blood pressure drugs, cholesterol drugs, improvements of heart function, one of, again, the biggest pain points in cardiology patients is atrial fibrillation, irregular heart rhythms. We see people improve because, again, all of these environmental toxins and pollutants lead to inflammation. Everybody knows inflammation's bad. Every cardiologist knows inflammation's bad. Their treatment is Lipitor. Our treatment is to remove those environmental toxins. Inflammation comes down naturally, and now we are able to really solve people's issues. And so what type of diet do you typically recommend for people? Because I know there's doctors that recommend like the vegan diet and vegetarian and getting all the fat out of your diet. Uh, what, what is your approach? You know, I think really my approach is the common sense approach. And that's what I talk about in my book. And that's just living like our paleo ancestors. Uh, live, you, know, you know, we are, we are hunter gatherers, you know, quite simply. So the, uh, every society in the history of the world has been a uh, meat and or seafood eater. Every animal on planet Earth either eats other animals or they eat a lot of insects. So the vegan really is an experiment. I believe it's a deprivation. I believe it's a problem. I love animals as much as anybody does. And my wife and I donate to a lot of animal charities and animal cruelty. So when I talk about eating animals, we're talking about free range grass fed, pasture raised animals, and we're talking about wild seafood. And I think that when we do that, we get the best outcome. So that takes us to what I believe, again, is that clean paleo eating. Again, always being organic, always being gluten-free, paleo foods. And then from there, I think there's uh, a lot of people these days talking about going carnivore. And I think carnivore, in my opinion, where you're eating the majority is, is seafood and meat and eggs. I think that there's room for that really as a cleanse and as a detox. You know, I, I don't know what you think and as far as your clients and what they're experiencing with that. But uh, I, I personally, at this time, I think that if I were to advise people on kind of like a cleanse or a detox diet, I would be more apt to go with uh, a carnivore approach as opposed to you hear so many people talking about, well, I'm going to do a, a greens juice, you know, cleanse or a greens fast and I'm going to go raw vegan because the detoxification pathway really, you know, number one detoxifying compound in our body is glutathione and you make glutathione from eating animal products. That's all there is to it. So if we're talking about best ways to detox and, you know, you're talking, you know, all the different B vitamins, what's the best source of B vitamins? It's liver. So 
using that kind of strategy, you know, Wendy, I think is the best approach. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, you know, we also get lots of minerals from animal proteins as well. And we need taurine, like your liver can't detox without taurine and you don't get that on a vegan or vegetarian diet. You don't get any B12 as well. So definitely uh, lots of problems in the vegan vegetarian diet. And so let's talk about uh, pharmaceuticals. So you go to your cardiologist, you know, you're having some high cholesterol, why are pharmaceuticals not always the answer? Because I know from my family members and so many of my clients that they, the doctors are always pushing anti-cholesterol medications. My mother had a cholesterol of 180 and it was being pushed on her saying that it was high. It's just uh, insanity. Yeah, I think, you know, once again, it's, it's just, uh, it is true that from the first day of medical school, it is all about the pharmaceuticals. It's all about surgeries. It's all about tests. It's never about cause. It's never about prevention. And it's just because, again, the medical schools are owned by the pharmaceutical industry. And what that means really is that when you go to your medical doctor, again, they are not trained in nutrition. They're not trained in lifestyle. They're not trained in environmental toxins and certainly not detoxification. They are trained in pharmaceuticals and in the cardiology office that really, you know, starts with, with statin drugs and this kind of everybody should be on statin drugs when statin drugs are notorious for causing a lot of, a, a lot of side effects, a lot of damage. And really, since they don't address the cause, that's the most dangerous thing, because even if you say statin drugs work, certainly they can lower numbers down. That's for sure. But it, what we really need to know about is not number reduction. We need to know about does it reduce a heart attack and strokes? And some data says that statins do. But it's not enough to reduce someone's heart attack risk from 5% to 4%. It's when you work with doctors like Jack Wolfson and people like, you know, Wendy Myers. Now we're talking about how do we get people into the zero risk category? That's where I want to be. That's where you want to be. That's where our clients want to be is in the zero risk category. And I'll talk back to my father, you know, for example, statin drugs certainly reduce cholesterol down, but they also reduce CoQ10. That's in the literature. They also reduce other compounds, including something called Dolacol. And Dolacol is a steroid-like hormone that is found in the substantia nigra of the brain. So my father died of a substantia nigra Parkinson's-like illness. Dolacol is found there. My father took statin drugs. Another thing that decreases Dolacol levels is alcohol. And my father was an alcohol drinker. So you start putting these factors together, you see really that it's a problem where the pharmaceuticals are actually causing damage in these conditions and they're not addressing, you know, the, you know, obviously the cause. And then one final thing, you know, is that there was a study that came out in 2017 called the ASCOT uh, LLA trial, and it was in the uh, JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, that showed that people age 65 and older had on average an 18% higher risk of dying if they took statin drugs versus placebo. And if you were 75 and older, your risk of dying was 34% higher in the statin group category. So it got zero publicity. It got zero you know, mention, of course, on mainstream media, which is, again, owned by pharmaceutical companies that advertise on or every other commercial is pharmaceuticals. So 
when you look at that data and it's absolutely scary. So of course, I'm not telling you, hey, stop your drugs, you know, talk with your doctor or find a doctor to work with who can help you get off those pharmaceuticals. But, you know, again, we're not deficient in pharmaceuticals. We're deficient in, in health. Yeah. And one thing I find really shocking is that when you, you take statins, cholesterol lowering medication, it poisons the enzymes in your liver that produce CoQ10 and you need CoQ10 for your heart to function and to be healthy. And it's just crazy to me that doctors will prescribe statins and not also recommend supplementing with coenzyme Q10. Again, it's just that lack of knowledge of, of even what CoQ10 is. It's like, yeah, we learned about it in medical school, but we forgot about it. And, uh, we just don't see that really as an issue. And uh, it is it's sad. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And so what is one red flag that a conventional cardiologist says to a patient that should make the patient question their treatment approach? Well, again, you know, just ask your doctor if you're trying to get out of them, like, why? Why would you say my cholesterol numbers are abnormal? Or why do I have coronary artery disease? Or why do I have atrial fibrillation? I know you're offering me all these different therapies. I know you're offering me ablations and pharmaceuticals and cardioversions. But what about the why? I'd like to reverse this naturally. And you're going to get a, a quick blank uh, look from them because again they're going to say well you know we don't know why you're getting older or maybe it's in your family or it's just, it's just because you know and they're incorrect because there are so many things when we talk about we know air pollution is linked to heart disease atrial fibrillation and stroke risk you know for example so what about just taking up that one step? How, how do we how do we improve our air quality? You know, looking at that, how do we, we know, listen to this, you know, Wendy, as far as, you know, pesticides, there's one particular class of pesticides that are very common. And when they looked at uh, tertiales of, of pesticide levels in people, so again, you break it down into uh, a lower third, middle third, and upper third, the people with the upper third level of exposure to pesticides had a 300% higher risk of cardiovascular death. So to me, of course, if I'm trying to prevent myself from dying, I want to reduce my pesticide exposure. And again, it's in the literature, but the medical doctors, they're so busy with so many patients. And then again, the if the education is controlled by the pharmaceutical industry, the pharmaceutical industry has no incentive to show the doctors that the problem is pesticides. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And so what is the one thing that you wish everyone with cardiovascular disease should know? Well, I think, you know, once again, is that it is entirely preventable. And when you look at, when you look at the food, when you look at the importance of sleep and of sunshine, you look at the importance of mental health and well. you look at these toxins that obviously you talk about so, so well, like this is, this is stuff that really has to come to the forefront. This is how we're going to not only help with cardiovascular disease, but cancer, brain-based disorders. There's this kind of, you know, scare going on around right now for the last 18 months about a particular virus that everybody is, is all up in arms about. And, uh, you know, again, healthy people do not succumb to, to viruses. And if we give the body what it needs, take away what it doesn't, that's our survival tool. You know, there was one article that I, that I saw that said glutathione deficiency is the biggest risk factor for serious manifestations of COVID. Now, again, most medical doctors, 
really haven't even heard of glutathione since medical school. They're certainly not checking glutathione levels. And 100% of the time, they're not offering strategies that increase levels of glutathione. In fact, their strategies would decrease levels of glutathione. Maybe the most famous thing for that, for example, would be Tylenol, acetaminophen, which is a known destroyer of glutathione. So the number one strategy we're looking at really as far as health and wellness and, and you know, from that scenario, of course, is using tools and strategies to increase glutathione levels. And we talked about that, how you get that from animal products. You get it from seafood. You get it from sulfur-containing vegetables, uh, garlic, uh, onion, uh, the brassica vegetables. Uh, those, uh, you know, drinking Pellegrino water can be a good source of sulfur that helps to increase glutathione. So Again, this is what the conversation has to be. So I, again, I so appreciate being on uh, you know, your show to be able to express these opinions so we can really just get this ground movement going because it's not gonna come from the insurance companies, not gonna come from the medical doctors, it's not gonna come from the television set and mainstream media. It's really just going you know, person to person when people share our information. Yeah, and all these tips you suggested, they're all improving your health systemically, your whole body, not just focusing on one body part or, or your heart or viruses or anything like that. And I think the blessing of this whole pandemic is that, you know, people are really focusing on their health. Uh, it's really kind of scared the crap out of them to start focusing on their health. It's been a, kind of a blessing in disguise, very inconvenient and very uh, scary. But at the same time, I think a, a blessing as well. So you mentioned your book. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and title and everything. Yeah, sure thing. Thank you. So my book is called The Paleocardiologist, The Natural Way to Heart Health. It's about the right nutrition. It's about the correct lifestyle. And it's been uh, it's been fantastic. It's it's gotten into a lot of people's hands and, and really changing a lot of people's lives. So it's wonderful. My book is available for free at freeheartbook.com. Uh, again, freeheartbook.com or anybody can get it. Just pay shipping. Uh, and we'll get a copy of the book to you. It's a great book for you to read. Give it to someone that you love. Give it to your cardiologist and say, hey, this guy's saying a different thing. Maybe we, again, we can reach the cardiologist that way with the book. And again, it's been endorsed by some cardiologists, but a lot of my cardiology uh, buddies, uh, if you will, and fellow trainees have read the book and they say, love the book. And they say, do not tell anyone that I said I loved it or endorsed it because, again, that's just like a career suicide, if you will, to to endorse a book on, on natural healing. But, uh, yeah, you know, again, it's been, you know, I, I love putting the information out there and, you know, there's uh, there's so much disinformation and people, of course, they go to their doctor and they think, you know, and they just listen to what their doctor has to say. They're not questioning enough. And I think now we have to really question everything. And that really pertains to the pandemic as well. Just question everything. You know, in fact, there was a journal it came out yesterday in the New England Journal of Medicine, the September 15th edition, one of the biggest medical journals in the world where they showed the six month data on vaccinated versus unvaccinated in their randomized placebo controlled trials. And it turns out that 15 people died in the vaccinated group, 14 people died in the unvaccinated group. Yet you turn on the television and they're talking about how the vaccine is saving hundreds of thousands of lives. Yet in the trial, the randomized trial, it didn't show that. It didn't show saving any lives. So it just goes again to show you what the agenda is and what the media will focus on 
is how the trial showed a 95% reduction in COVID, but it didn't save any lives. You know, there's a time and a place for emergency medicine. There's a time and a place for certainly for trauma centers. There's a time and a place for pharmaceuticals when your blood pressure is 240 over 120, but always with the goal of getting people off of, uh, you know, off of the pharmaceuticals. You know, again, so I'm not condemning kind of like my, you know, former you know, colleagues that are working in the hospitals, you know, doing acute care medicine, but for prevention, truly the medical doctors uh, have nothing. And if you're sitting there also, and you're like, well, you know, you guys are being critical of, of vaccines and what about smallpox and polio? Again, there's a lot of other uh, information you can consider with those, with those kind of old time uh, 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 infections, uh, you know, if you will. And there's a lot of reading that we can direct you to as far as the truth about what happened to uh, smallpox and polio, you know, for example. And then I love to talk about a 2015 study in the journal Atherosclerosis that talked about men and women with a history of measles and mumps infection. Measles and mumps infection have a much lower heart attack and stroke risk. Yeah, I know a lot of these diseases are protective. You know, there's a symbiotic relationship in some of these these diseases and how they prevent other diseases. It's a very, very interesting. Well, we know that again, like those childhood infections, they typically prevent cancer as adults that, you know, they're protective of. So I think it's actually a problem right now kind of going on and we'll see what happens uh, you know 50 years 100 years down the road where again uh this social isolation and social isolation is one of the biggest risk factors for cardiovascular death of all it's just social isolation is the worst thing that can happen yet more people are socially isolated than ever and again along with this social isolation means you're not interacting with other people and it is that it, the, the physical interaction with other people as well that helps prime the immune system you know so when i'm around you you know uh, there's things in me that are communicating with you things in you that are communicating with me and that's how uh, really i think a lot of our you know immune system if you will is primed and and therefore beneficial but the fact that most people everybody's afraid of everybody everybody's going around in masks everybody's uh using all these toxic hand sanitizers and poisons and you know it's just it, it is it is destroying the health and the fabric of of the world really and it's it's uh it's horrific yeah i don't do hand sanitizer i want germs i want my immune system to be stimulated by different pathogens and bacteria and things like that and and it's crazy you know the people are so focused on this germ theory of disease that it's germs and bacteria and viruses that cause illness it's the terrain it's people's terrain and the, the health of their body and their emotional trauma and their physical health and their diet that people that don't have that, that have poor terrain, their garden is just, they're not tilling their garden often enough. Uh, those are the people that are getting ill. It's all about terrain. And you know, Wendy, we, as medical doctors, we get zero training on terrain and we get a hundred percent training on germ. So any, any closing thoughts, any, any words of advice for people that are looking to uh, improve their cardiovascular health? I think, you know, once again, just kind of question everything, you know, there's this amazing thing now called the internet and Google and, and uh, you know, search, which takes you right to mainstream literature. This is not the 1970s where it's like that you see the doctor and it's, you know, my way or the highway. 
Uh, it's uh, it, it really is the information age. And when you go and you look at the information, you'll see that the information about real health and wellness is there. Question everything. Question everything going on around us. Always keep an open mind. And whenever somebody tries to limit our ability to speak our truth or to question uh, what is happening around us, we need to be really, really afraid and really, really proactive to prevent the, the suppression of, of, of information. Yeah, alarm bells should be going off, sirens should be going off and that's happening. Um, so Dr. Wilson, tell us where to find you and learn more about your work. Yeah, I would invite anybody, come on in, grab a copy of the book, you know, freeheartbook.com. Uh, you can also go to my website, naturalheartdoctor.com, naturalheartdoctor with doctor spelled out. Uh, that's where you can go. And yeah, we're on social media until social media uh, kicks us off. Uh, you know, we're on there getting our opinions out there. And, uh, you know, again, Wendy, I so appreciate being on your show. And, and again, uh, just, you know, connecting with like-minded people. And you and I both know there's so many people that we are connected to, that so many medical doctors and so many health practitioners who feel the same way, a lot of which are outspoken, some of which are still in the shadows, but we'll keep speaking our truth. And again, when you're, when you're, you know, clients, uh, you know, and, and really, you know, you get support and I get support, we're able to continue to get that message out there because there's a lot of, again, people and, and corporations that are interested in, in silencing people like us. So thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dr. Wolfson, thank you so much for coming on the show and everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in every week to the Myers Detox podcast. I'm so excited every week to do a new show for you guys and teach you as much as I can about alternative health and healing and detoxification and bioenergetics and emotional trauma and everything that can impart the, the physical health that you deserve. So thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.